You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Isabel Corino. Corino Smith, did I get it right? Perfect. All right. <laughs> awesome. And she's a sought-after coach and trainer at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Um, for those of you who don't know, the RAL Academy is the premier source for education in owning, operating, and investing in residential assisted living and senior housing, so a little bit different than multifamily. She's trained people from across the country on how to turn a single family home into a cash flow machine. And uh, RAL's Academy, RAL Academy's motto is to do good and do well. Uh, Isabel joins us as the chief operating officer for, um, for RAL, and she's excited to be here with us today. So really excited to have her here. And um, really just want to get into what what's assisted living? Um, how is it different from multifamily? And just, I guess, explain to us a little bit about the asset class. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. So sure. residential assisted living is a group home for seniors in a residential setting. So it's not a big box facility, what you might think of with the Brookdale or Sunrise Atrium, those big facilities, long hallways, that's still a great investment, but it's that's more the commercial route. What we're focused on are residential homes that house six to 16 seniors with still 24-7 care, medication management, three meals a day. We teach people how to own the real estate and the business and run it in a hands-off passive way. So it's assisted living. It's just on a smaller scale in a residential home. Okay. So how is that different than a nursing home? So in a assisted living facility, right, or a nursing home, a nursing home is medical, right? Gurneys, doctors, IVs. So that's not what an assisted living facility or a residential assisted living home is. But those two apples to apples, right? Assisted living facility and a residential assisted living home. The main differences is the amount of people in the home, the quality of care, the cost of care, the, the service, everything is pretty much night and day in the big box facilities. They upcharge you for everything. It's very, um, lunches from one to two. And if you miss it, you got to pay extra because you're eating lunch at another time. So your fees go up and up and up because the resident maybe didn't want to shower during shower time or didn't want to eat during eating time or whatever. And then the care is vastly different because in a big box facility, they literally train their caregivers to not have personal relationships with the seniors. So it's extremely different than our homes, which are like, family-oriented, family-run, like the caregivers know and love the seniors, know their stories, their everything about them. So it's very, very different from care and price point perspectives. Okay. So who is running the assisted living facilities? Like, is that where your team comes in to help manage the the asset? And like, like just from an investment standpoint, so you have you're having your clients acquire single family, large single family homes, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, and then you analyze it for them, see if it's a good fit for, I guess, your infrastructure, and then you manage it. I don't know. How does that 
So we teach and train entrepreneurs how to do this themselves. So we teach you what to look for in the property, how to renovate this, or if you're going to buy an existing one, how to find that and then properly evaluate it and purchase the real estate and the business. So you're up and running day one. We teach you what you're going to need in your policies and procedures, your manuals, all those state licensing documents. And we teach you how to hire your own administrator who's going to hire the caregivers and run all of the day-to-day for you. So we're a coaching you know, program. We're a, right. an academy that teaches investors how to do that. Got it. So it's more educational based. Yes. Yes. We do it ourselves that we got into this business on our own. And that's kind of how we fell into the teaching of it was we were real estate investors ourselves. People were like, what are you guys doing? And how are you cash flowing so crazy on just one home? And so we kind of ended up teaching on it and, and having all these successful students all across the country and really just fell into it. Okay. So like what, what's like the archetype single family home profile for an investor to implement assisted living on like 10 bedroom, like how many beds? Um, and then like, how does the staffing work? Like, how do you, yeah. you know, you got to hire, I'm assuming registered nurses and you gotta have a whole infrastructure. Um, yeah. And then how do you scale it from there? So I'm just curious. Okay. Staffing, scaling, and what to look for in the home. Okay. What to look for in the home. So you're going to want this to be in a more suburban area, a metropolitan city, New York city, San Francisco. That's not going to work. There's no residential homes there. Right. So you want a suburban setting, but more importantly, you're looking for the demographics. You want where a maximum amount of 50 to 70 year olds who are upper middle class, who are more than likely a homeowner. You want to be near them because that's the adult child who's paying for mom or dad to be in your assisted living home. So you want the home to be near them. They don't want to drive 40 minutes down the road to go visit mom or dad. They want it to be two minutes on their way home from work. So demographics wise, that's one of the number one things we're looking for. We teach you how to do an internal feasibility study. So you're finding out the demand, the demographics, the density of every area, but short and sweet suburban 50 to 70 upper middle class. That's what you're looking for. That type of area. For the home, you do want it to be larger, three to 500 square feet per person. So if you have 10 residents, minimum 3,000 square foot home, upwards of 5,000 is the bigger, the more comfortable, but you also don't want to go too big, right? Most seniors will want their own private bedrooms and private bathrooms. So the more you can have, the better, right? You do want maybe some shared options, but we're not really doing a bunch of shared bedrooms by any means. You asked about staffing. So, uh, what were you asking? How do you find them or, or who's running it? Uh, yeah, I know it's different than a nursing home. Um, yeah. So are you, are you still, are you still having, you're not having like registered nurses. It's work. not RNs. Yeah. They're licensed. So you're hiring a licensed administrator and then they're going to hire the licensed caregivers. So every state has different uh, requirements to become a licensed caregiver and a licensed administrator, um, but it's not nearly as intense as being an RN or an LPN, anything of that nature. It's just a licensing from the state. So um, they're they're still doing a lot of work. Those caregivers, I mean, it's not an easy job, but yeah. um, they're incredible and they're really happy to work in our homes versus the facilities because we have a five to one 
resident to caregiver ratio. When in the big facilities, it's usually 15 to one, maybe upwards of 30 to one. And then at nighttime, usually 50 to one. That's insane. One person cannot take care of 50 people, right? So when you offer them an opportunity to come work in your home, which is a luxury upscale, beautiful home, and they only have to oversee five residents, they're like, heck yeah, I'll come work for you. So staffing is really a, a awesome offering and opportunity that we have for people who are licensed caregivers. I know you asked about scaling too. And I do want to mention that in our training, we always teach people to have at least a three pack. So three homes within 45 minutes of each other. Obviously you could have as many of these as you want, but when they are close, you can share resources. You know, you can share staff, you can share residents and different things like that. You can have one administrator who's overseeing multiple homes because the staff works just like a nurse where maybe it's 12 on 12 off, and they're only working three, four days a week. So if they're only working three days for you, what are they doing the other four days of the week? They're working for Joe Schmo down the street. But if you have two homes, they can work three days here and three days here. And you're sharing that staff and keeping them all in the same, you know, community that you've built there. Okay. So you're saying three. So that's really the minimum to have to, to attract, you know, a staff member of, of that size, one or two people. Um, that's the minimum amount of homes. Right? You, a lot of a lot of our students have one home because they wanted to do this for their own loved one. They want a grandma or a mom or dad to live for free in the home. So you can really do as few or we have students who have nine, 10 homes, 15 homes. You can really do whatever you want. But we like um, to encourage at least three to share that staff. Staff will still come work with you with just one home. It's just you're not able to utilize them on that second part of their week, you know. Got it. And are there any rules and regulations? Tons. And I love that. This industry is not easy to get into. There are so many rules and regulations. And that to me is a beautiful thing because I do not want just anyone taking care of grandma. You know, if this was easy to get into, you know, there'd be an HGTV show about it. Not every 18 year old is able to do this. This isn't a fix and flip that anybody can kind of do and and be okay with. There are a lot of rules and regulations. They vary by state. In our training, we teach really the national standards, but we do have it broken down state by state of what are the requirements for the administrators, the caregivers, the physical home, and then how many, you know, how many residents you can have, what you're going to need in your policies and procedures, all of that laid out for you. Right. So you provide that in your training pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's state specific. And then do you yeah. have clients in every state or all over? Or, yeah. yeah, we do. We have students in all 50 states, even in Mexico and Canada, which is really exciting, although we really only teach nationally. But um, there's a lot of Canadians who want to invest here. And so we, we do get a lot of people from there. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess so you, the more square footage, the better. You're basically renting out by the room, which 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 makes sense but just a different demographic and um, older, obviously older clientele. And then you have yeah. to have the staff around it. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So where are most of the property? I mean, you have to kind of look at where, like you said, mostly suburban areas where aging population is uh, mm-hmm. maybe you have a lot in like the Sunbelt and like Florida, you have a lot of retirees. What, 
Yeah. So Florida and Arizona are both really popular states for assisted living. Our three homes are based in Arizona. There are two are in Phoenix and one is in Scottsdale. In Maricopa County alone in Phoenix, there's over 3,000 of these assisted living homes, the residential style ones. So there's a ton in Florida and Arizona, which might be a benefit to someone listening, right? They might say, well, that's great. I always say live where you want, invest where it makes sense. So maybe you live in New York or California and it's a pricey market. And you're like, that's not for me, but I could buy a home in Arizona and do this. 31% of REL owners invest out of state. So that's totally possible. You can absolutely be a remote owner in this industry, but really raise your hand if you're getting older and know someone who is, I mean, we all are right. Like just because you turn 85 doesn't mean you move to Florida. So a lot of people stay where they grew up. If they grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, they're not moving. Like that's where they're hunkering down until the end. So mm-hmm. it's important to have these everywhere. And everywhere is honestly a hot market because the baby boomers are coming. There's 76 million of them and 70% will need daily care for an average of three and a half years. So this is a massive opportunity and the supply completely is way, way, way lower than the demand. Like we're, we have a gap of about 1.3 million beds right now. And that's right now. And it's going to continue to get increasingly worse over the next 20 years. So it's a pretty insane market when you're looking at what's needed in the future, you know? Sure. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, what, what other, I mean, do you look for homes with amenities or you, you know, like I'm assuming they're sharing space together, right? On, yeah. Off, off hours. So kitchens yeah. are being shared and maybe bathrooms and um, just other common areas are being shared. Like how do you, how do you teach your clients to kind of manage that? You know, and then, you know, there might be some fights. Like, do you, you, do you recommend maybe separating it by, okay, here's where the women are going to be placed. Here's where the men, like, it's really interesting. Yeah. There's, it's really run more family-like than you think. So okay. the, the family room, the living room, usually there's like a library or a sitting room. There's obviously an office for your administrator who's doing tours throughout the homes or payroll. You know, they're going to need an office space. And then some of our students' homes have um, movie theaters. They've got hair salons. They've added in really fun amenities like that. So definitely, you if you can, if you have the space for amenities, add them in because they do go a long way. We don't really see a lot of residents fighting. I mean, when you're 95 and it hurts to get up out of bed and you need help going to the bathroom and bathing and walking from one room to another, you're not really fighting. So it's very different. Like our homes are pretty much kept pristine and clean at all times. Of course, if you have two residents who don't get along, that's fine. Obviously try to work around it, you know, but a lot of times there's great amenities like outside, like planters and things like that. And then like workout equipment or movie theaters or hair salons inside. And you can kind of work that out when you have a larger home, you have the availability and the space to add in those different fun features. And and from a cost perspective versus going to the traditional nursing home, it sounds like it probably could be a fraction of that. 
Yeah, the average cost of assisted living right now in America today is $4,500 per month per person. So it's pretty expensive no matter what you're doing. The big difference is, is that in our homes, it's usually a flat rate of whatever you know, you've agreed to pay. There's no add-ons on top of that versus like I was describing in the beginning in a big box facility, if you don't follow their rules and regs, you know, you don't take showers at the specific time or eat at the specific time, they're charging you more because now they have to have a worker come and help you sure. do that thing. So it makes sense, but it's not really fair because you're not an army militant person when you're 95 years old, if you're not hungry, you're not hungry. And sometimes it can add up really quick over there. Very interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so how can my audience, as we, we wind down, find out more about this and learn more about you and your program, reach out to you? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a ton of free information, books, webinars, all sorts of stuff at ral101.com. So residential assisted living, ral101.com. And that's a great place to connect with us. You can schedule a call with our team too if you've got more questions and want to chat more. We're always happy to chat with you about anything you need. Great, ral101.com. Really appreciate that. We'll have a link to the website and as, as uh, Isabel's uh, social media as well in our social media descriptions and also on iTunes. We'll, we'll post there. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps get our message out to a greater audience. So Isabel, really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I'm going to check it out myself too. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you.